views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basile. Hey, everyone. Welcome. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And thank you, thank you for tuning us in and turning us on. And, you know, I'm really struck for a minute by a couple of things. One is that, um, uh, you know, I was, uh, we were getting ready for the show today and my very, very amazing guest here. Uh, and I was thinking to myself I was, as I was reading through the book and reading the material and, and I was thinking to myself, you know, 10 years ago, this started with uh Let's call it a murmur. I mean, it started ten years ago with a with a phone call that that I wasn't supposed to make, but yet was supposed to make uh, to find out about a purpose and a passion that I didn't think I had. And uh, many of you have heard this story over and over again of that famous wrong phone number I dialed that actually wasn't a wrong phone number. Um, but I'm, br- I'm bringing this up and kind of talking about it today for a number of reasons. You know, when I get the kind of books that I get, and especially the, the, the message from, uh, you know, uh, my, my very special guest today, um, Roman Krasnarek. And when I think about what this is about. You know, how should we live? Great ideas from the past in everyday life. And then I take a look at, you know, what Roman's journey might have been like before I even speak with him today. And I look at the many, many aspects of, of, of his life, of what he does, of his point of view about life, about living, about joy, about many things. And what I'm struck by is how powerful this, you know, these messages are for many, many, many of us that have been what we consider to be lost, lost in a world, lost in our lives, uh, lost in the obsession of ourselves, only to then discover that there is a way, there is, um, there is an essence of life that we are truly called to be. And express. So today, I get to talk with him about many things. Albeit, I have this book in front of me that uh, is certainly going to be a conversation for today. How should we live? Great ideas from the past for everyday life. But there are so many things about his message that are important to talk about. For many of you that have uh, been following his work and what he's done. You know, Roman is a cultural thinker, as they say, a writer, um, but he's also the founding faculty member of the School of, uh, School of Life in London. And, you know, his message and his assistance to help organizations and individuals and, and, and what he has brought to the world 
is a powerful one for the time we live in. You know, he's also the founder of the world's first empathy library. And, you know, Empathy, a Handbook for Revolution, you know, is also a book that I hope we can touch upon today a bit. Uh, But what is it about each of us that pulls us forward to enable us to take a message out into the world where we're able to then um, give others a point of view to look at, to understand, and then to step forth in a beautiful way for their own lives. You know, whether it is the recent books, uh, Wonder, you know, if we're looking at Wonder Box, Curious Histories of How to Live, if we're looking at uh, uh, empathy, if we're looking at uh, whether or not we're, we're in this and how do we figure out our lives, can the past tell us anything, this is really the conversation we're having with him today. And for many of you, you're going to be able to find out lots about him. We're going to give you his website. We're going to give you a lot of information on how you can connect with him, his videos, his other writings, his projects, whatever that is. But what I love about what I do is I get to talk with people that are willing to share what they've learned, what they've lived, and what they've loved. Roman, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, Pat. I want to ask you a question before. I mean, I I could pretty much start just about anywhere with what I've read, uh, you know, your books and uh, what your message is. But I really want to ask you a question about you. You know, I've just barely brushed the surface of some of the things that you've written about, uh, some of the things you lecture about and so forth. I want to ask you, given everything that you've done, all that you've done, all that you are, what are some of the challenges that you've had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? That's an absolutely fascinating question. I guess the thing about when, you know, I write books about the art of living, how to take our lives in new directions, how to change our paths, reach our potential. And if I think of the challenges I faced is, of course, trying to put the ideas I come across into everyday life myself. Mm. And one of the things I've done before I started writing books, I started teaching classes on the art of living, how to make decisions about love, how to find fulfilling work. And I had this idea to teach these classes but I, was, I felt paralyzed, like a lot of people with ideas, what to do next, what's the, the first step to make it happen. And for months, I was postponing it, procrastinating, thinking, how do I leave my old job? I was working as a community organizer and start teaching classes on how to live. And um, after a while, my, my partner you know, said to me, look, why don't you stop talking about it and just start teaching classes? Just, just do it. And I said, I have... No, I don't know even know where to start. She said, well, why don't you just start teaching them in your own kitchen, in our kitchen? And in fact, that's what I did. I started teaching classes on the art of living in my own kitchen uh, on weekends, and they gradually grew into things that I did in public. Then I founded the organization you mentioned or co-founded at the School of Life and started writing books. But I think all of us are, are always challenged by having those dreams and trying to find the courage to begin the journey on them. And, you know, I love what you're talking about because you and I, we, we share that thing in common, you know, having these ideas and not knowing, you know, how to go about it, not knowing what the next steps are. Um, one of the things that I did want to ask you about that is, I love that's brilliant, by the way, starting it in your kitchen. I, that's an idea, by the way, I'm just going to borrow from you if you don't mind. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
the, the and you know why the kitchen has always been in my family growing up uh, you know with a European family you know kitchen has always been a gathering place a fun place place of really good energy right yeah. um, many 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 lectures uh, have been given in the kitchens around the world <laughs> <laughs> At least as I remember. Um, I wanted to, to talk with you a bit about, you know, this, what people consider this conundrum of life. You know, and you, you coined it so brilliantly. How should we live? This, this mystery of, of life that people seem to be struggling with and, and as if it were an issue just in this decade. It seems pretty prominent in this decade, but I'm not really sure now that I've read your book that this isn't a question that we've been, you know, having faced all of our lives. Is it more relevant today than you think maybe a hundred years ago? Well, I think for, you know, 3,000 years, at least since the ancient Greeks, people have raised this question, Socrates, the great Greek philosopher, how should we live, how can we be happy, how to achieve well-being? So it's always been with us, but I think particularly now, at this moment in history, it's more pertinent than ever. And that's, I think, because we're living in a kind of crisis of the art of living. Life is changing so quickly, and I think we're not really adapting to it at the speed it's changing. Just think about how we fall in love and make friends now online and through social networks. We're just starting to learn how to do that and adjust to it. Um, we see a crisis in job satisfaction. Job satisfaction levels are at a record low in North America at the moment um, and also in many European countries too. We're living longer than we've ever lived before. So there are new questions about how to live uh, in those extra years that have been granted to us by medical technology. There's ecological crisis, which is raising new questions about ethical living and of course the big one is that the evidence suggests that following a culture of consumption and material lifestyles hasn't given us the happiness that has been promised to us so more and more people are trying to look for alternatives simple living or trying to find meaning in relationships so I think we're at a particular moment where more and more people are thinking how should we live one of the things that I was really struck by is how often I've asked myself that question and, and, and what it has, has meant to me at different point in times in my life. Um, I wanted to, to talk with you about the many facets, the many aspects of what this means. You know, we're not just talking about our jobs. And sometimes when we, we see a book title like this, for example, you know, we think, oh, uh, th- this must be about my job or this must be about my, you know, my more seasoned years or this must be about my education. And so people look at the title and, and what happens is we start to relate to it where we are in our individual lives. But this is not just about one dimension, is it? Can you, can you talk to that for a minute and give folks an idea about what this book really does capture? Yeah, the reason I originally wrote the book and had the idea for it was because of all these journeys, unusual journeys I was taking through bookstores in North America and in Western Europe. And the thing that I noticed when I walked down the the long corridors of self-help books and personal development books where there there are a lot of great books based particularly on ideas in psychology and philosophy but I found there was almost nothing from the perspective of history and it strikes me that that's a tragedy because there's so much we can learn from past civilizations who've been grappling with all the big questions of life and what I've done is try to write a book which covers many many different uh, areas of life not just work 
um, not just family life, but also things like love and our attitude to time, nature, where our beliefs come from, how to think about death, which I think of as death style, which our death style I think is as important as our lifestyle, how we think about our mortality and, and dying well in, in the face of the realities of death. Um, I've got chapters on travel, uh, on attitude to money, uh, on creativity. And these, I think these are all the many parts of who we are. And of course, at whatever stage of life we're at, certain things seem more important than some other of those issues. But we're always going to be facing all of them at some point uh, in our journeys through life. Well, one of the things I want to talk about when we come back from break is something that uh, I've heard you speak about. Uh, uh, I've seen your book on it, and that is empathy. And for those of you out there, uh, if you've just tuned in, uh, I'm so thrilled uh, to be talking with Roman Kuznarek. And one of the things I want to say about this is, you know, when I think about Roman's work, and you'll be able to, we're going to give you a website and plenty of information. We're being asked to look and explore about the journey that each of us is on in a beautiful, beautiful way. Some amazing insights. When we come back, Roman, I would love to talk about what you call the invisible threads of empathy. We're going to take a short break right here on the Dr. Pacho. So much to talk about. There's so much in this book. It is amazing. When we come back, empathy, perhaps, perhaps like you've not heard it talked about before. Why is it important? And why do we all have the ability to express it? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show. Tune in each Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com for The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie Kroll, featuring weekly segments with David Eisen and the Chakra Sound System. Each week, you will journey through infinite possibilities, expand into social potential, and find beautiful beginnings where endings leave off. Change makers from around the world will explore what's emergent about the environment, relationships, health, and the evolution of consciousness. Visit TheDrJulieShow.com. Tap into your I am energy to discover who you truly are and who you always have been. Dawn Smith offers a simple yet profound and life-changing way to discover your I am energy that is hidden beneath the toxicity caused by choices we made consciously or unconsciously prior to today. This internal perfection is not an idea, a theory, or some vague notion or concept. On the contrary, it is beyond the grasp of the brain and its intellectual interpretations as it lies deep within the language of our hearts. Visit IamEnergy.ca. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Are you ready to move past limiting beliefs and unconscious obstacles that are holding you back from financial prosperity? Do you want to be free from debt and that feeling of being disempowered? Mary Jane Allen is a financial healer and joy creation specialist who uses her unique set of tools included in her financial healing process to help her clients move past those beliefs and fears. For more information and to contact Mary Jane, visit her website, ManifestYourLifeDream.com and begin your financial healing process today. 
There is not just one kind of radio show. Some shows are about health, wellness, food. Others are about helping you on your spiritual journey. Some radio shows are all about busting through and getting unstuck from the crust in your life. But the Dr. Pat Show? Well, she does it all. She's been helping people in all aspects of their life now for 10 years. Her interview style, her unique personality, the amazing guests she has on her show are all factors of what makes an amazing radio show. Please join Dr. Pat in celebrating 10 extraordinary years of talk radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Pat. Thank you for supporting us for the past 10 years. Positive Talk Radio was a vision that we've had. And thanks to all of you, you've helped us make it a reality. We are promising each and every one of you that this coming year, our 10th year anniversary, will be the best yet. For more information, please make sure you stay tuned to TransformationTalkRadio.com or TheDrPatShow.com. And remember, join me. Let's live life full out together. Welcome back to The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, please call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now, back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Um, we're talking about how should we live. Great ideas from the past for everyday life. But it's actually a broader conversation than that. And the reason I say that is because I've been so thrilled and honored to, first of all, uh, be introduced to, uh, you know, my very special guest today and his body of work. And one of the things I'm really struck by is what this message is about in a time where we are bombarded by now, where now we call it digital addiction. If you haven't heard that term before, what it means is you cannot step away from your digital connection long enough to even breathe. And that there almost may be a psychological classification for this pretty soon. But the question really is, what really fulfills each of us? Roman, before we kind of jump ahead, I would love for you to let folks know the best way to get copies of your book. Uh, find out more about you and um, and, and all, all of the above. Well, the best way to get copies of my book, How Should We Live? Great Ideas from the Past of Everyday Life is just to buy it from your local bookstore or go mm-hmm. online to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever yep. you buy your books. And it is uh, there and uh, ready to buy in hardback or Kindle or whatever suits your brain. Well, one of the things I want to say is, and there are several books, many books, um, let, and what's the best website to send folks to as well? Because I want to make sure that they get, they get to experience what I experience and get yeah, to know you. People can go to my personal website, which is romankrasnarik.com, R-O-M-A-N-K-R-Z-N-A-R-I-C, or they can go to uh, the website of a new project I've launched uh, called the Empathy Library at www.empathylibrary.com. And uh, I've, I've launched that website because I'm so fascinated by the power of empathy and yes. its role to complain in changing our lives. All right. And that's what we're going to talk about as well, because I was fascinated that you were even talking about it. I was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get to talk to someone after 10 years, <laughs> after 10 years on air. I'm going to get to talk to someone that is passionate about empathy and look what he's done. Um, and I thought. Wow, it's taken me 10 years. Not that other people, Roman, haven't talked about it. You know, it's one thing to have it in a book, but it's another thing to bring it to the forefront, as you have. 
Um, there's a difference between mentioning it as a sidebar and bringing it to the forefront as a way to live. And that's my interpretation of what you're doing. I want to ask you about uh, many, many things. But in the book, there's a, a section of the book, a couple paragraphs you write about the invisible threads of empathy. And I, I want to ask you, um, what is it about this that pulled at your heart to make this a priority for you in this lifetime? Yeah, empathy is a subject I've been fascinated by for more than a decade. And what's really interesting is that it's taken me a long time to really understand why that is. And it actually yeah. goes to my childhood that when I was growing up in Australia in the suburbs of Sydney, um, as a 10-year-old, a happy-go-lucky boy riding my bicycle around, my mother died of breast cancer. And one of the things that happened to me then was that I lost a lot of my memories from before that age, and that's quite a common trauma response in children. The other thing is that I became quite emotionally withdrawn. I found it very hard to connect with other people's feelings, with their joys or their sorrows. I very rarely cried. And actually, I realized only a couple of years ago that my years of interest in empathy, that, that thing about stepping into someone else's shoes, understanding their feelings and perspectives, all those years of interest was actually rooted in an unconscious desire to recover the empathic self I had lost as a child. You know, and I started seeing that empathy was not just something that expanded your moral universe right. and made you a sort of a better person, made you good, but something that was also good for you. That empathy was a key to healthy relationships. It was a cornerstone of creative thinking. And ultimately, it creates, I think, the human bonds that make life worth living. You know, one in four Americans say that they are lonely. Empathy, I think, is one of the best cures to loneliness we know. We also know that empathy levels have been dropping rapidly in the United States and many other countries. In the U.S., empathy levels are down nearly 50% in the last 40 years, the steepest decline in the last 10 years. More and more people are becoming narcissistic, they're self-obsessed, and it's not good for you. You know, that's the, that's the ultimate thing. I have to tell you, I'm, th- now you, now you're touching upon a topic that I'm just like absolutely crazy over the top about. Um, the American Psychological Association about a year ago had uh, uh, made a statement that they were wanting to declassify uh, narcissistic personality disorder, which has been a classification and actually a, a pretty serious thing. They were they the a statement was made. You know, we think we should declassify this, and the comment was made because it's now normal. And I just wanted to comment about that. First of all. N- narcissistic personality disorder is not normal. Being self-absorbed is. And I think that's what you're talking with. Um, this idea that, and I mentioned it before, here we are, we, we have a digital obsession. You know, we're so engaged in the digital perspective and what people see us and how they see us. Uh, this idea of self-pleasing How is it that we can capture our lives back? And you and I share this in common. My mother passed away when I was seven. And uh, (laughs) I had to take that journey to get that, to get into that empathy groove in my life again. Uh, But for years, Roman, I didn't even know I was missing it. You see? Well, that's similar to me, actually, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what can we say? 
to to the folks listening to the to this and you know and for those of you out there go to go to empathylibrary.com sign up i've already done that what can we say to folks about the power of this message of empathy why is this so important for us to shed the shackles of loneliness well if you think about when you're having an argument for example with your partner with your husband or wife and uh-huh. so often we're sitting there thinking oh, I wish they could just understand how I'm feeling, or I wish they could understand my point of view. What are you asking for? Empathy, of course. You're asking them to step into your shoes, if only for a moment. We know that empathy is fundamental to quality relationships. If you can focus on the other person's feelings and their needs, give them a chance to express them, then you are starting to heal your relationship problems through empathic listening. You know, so often uh, tensions between people are based on uh, misunderstandings of the other person's feelings or needs. And if you can do that and not interrupt them and and they return the favor, you can create the the, the kind of bonds that I think allow for understanding. You know, 50% of Americans get divorced and the biggest cause of divorce is people saying that their partner doesn't listen to them. So I think empathy is key in relationships but we need to take empathy out of our out of the kitchen and also onto the streets and develop our curiosity about strangers so often you know you walk past somebody and you just dismiss them you judge them on their appearance uh, on their accent you don't see beyond the uh, the surface of, of who they are and we fail to see that the individuality of people often we live on streets we don't know our neighbors and i think the thoughts in other people's heads are a great darkness that surrounds us. And we should be practicing empathy by talking to strangers. My, my, my belief is that f- to stay in good empathic health, have a conversation with a stranger at least once a week and get beyond superficial talk about the weather and talk about the stuff that really matters in life, family, love, politics, religion. And uh, if you're lucky, you might even make a new friend by doing that as well. And yeah, let's just say now more than ever, we have created places where you can have those conversations. At least... At least, Roman, if you live in the greater Seattle area, you have got a local coffee place on ah, pretty much two or three of them on, a, on every single block in the city where we could have that conversation. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk with you about when we come back from break is I wanted to talk about what the lessons have been uh, since the time you began this journey. What have you discovered about yourself? What are some of the misconceptions perhaps you discovered? And what are some of the aha moments that uh, showed up for you when you, uh, wrote, as you began to write this book, How Should We Live? We're going to take a short break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about that famous question, how should we live and how we can do something in our lives to get clarity around it. You're listening to The Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And again, if you want to connect to Roman directly, you can always go to our website, thedrpatshow.com. Just click right on his name and it'll take you there. Or go to Transformation Talk Radio. Uh, We're going to take a short break. When we come back, surprises and prizes. We'll be right back with the show. Where do you 
desire to go in life? How do you plan to get there? Are you only looking outside yourself for the answers? What if you use your soul's wisdom to lead the way? So what is the soul and how do you access its wisdom? Soul Suitcase with Victoria Cohen will unpack these questions and help you tap into and trust your own inner voice to solve everyday problems. Your Soul Suitcase is a treasure chest of wisdom inside you waiting to be discovered. Listen to Soul Suitcase on TransformationTalkRadio.com and discover how awakening to your inner voice transforms your life. Did anyone teach you to be a parent? What if there were tools that could make your job a whole lot easier? Glenna Rice invites you to be the questionable parent you truly be in a dynamic teleseries designed to empower parents to know that they know and give you the awareness required to create ease and joy between you and your children. Check out GlennaRice.com to learn more and to book a private session. Or dial 415-235-2807. What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question, always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. beingyouclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beinguclass.com What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in to the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. Tune in Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern to Spirit Guidance Radio with Shannon Walbrand on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show with South Africa's top psychic will amaze and uplift you. Call in to receive detailed, specific answers that offer immediate solutions as Shannon interprets messages from your spirit guides. Whether it's love, business, or health, your spirit guides are ready to help. Visit ShannonWalbrand.com for more info. You are guided. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, please call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now, back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. 
Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. My very special guest, Roman Kaznarek, is joining me here today. How should we live? Great ideas from the past for everyday life, but actually much more. Um, you can certainly go to his website and check out everything that he is doing. You can also go to empathylibrary.com uh, and go ahead and check out what he's uh uh, created there as sign up. I've just signed up. Um, and there are lots of reasons for us to look at this and embrace empathy in our lives. And for many of us, we have to learn it. You know, what does it mean? You know, how do some of us who have lived a life where we've pretty much um, cut off our feelings, what was it about our lives that took a turn? Uh, what did we learn? And Roman, that's the question for for net, for today. I mean, clearly there are many books that you know you have written and and lectures and talks that you've done. And I and what I'm really struck by is I'm really struck by the evolution of you, so to speak, and and what it is that you have become as a result of this body of work. What did you learn from writing? How should we live? Well, there were certain chapters in the book which really made me rethink my life and changed how I actually do live it. So, for example, I was researching the the history of family life and what we can learn from the past to deal with family dilemmas today. Hmm. I started looking into the history of the house husband. And the reason I was so interested in that was because when I was writing the book, um, I was about to become the father of twins. Um, I now have boy-girl twins. And I think like a lot of men, I just kind of assume that in general, most for most of history, you know, women had probably done most of the childcare and housework and that today's super dads who can change diapers blindfolded are a modern invention. But how wrong I was. By looking at history, I discovered that in pre-industrial America and Europe, men used to be much more hands-on and involved in childcare and housework. And it's amazing, partly because the... The workplace was much more integrated with the home. So a man might be doing craft work at home or cutting a field nearby so that even though a woman might be rocking the the crib or the cradle, uh, it was the man who made the cradle or the crib and and who cut the hay. And also partly because so many women died in childbirth. Tragically, men were often there looking and bringing after children themselves. So what I learned, it actually made me think, okay, there's this long tradition of the house husband involved men and actually I decided I want to be part of that longer tradition Um, and that made me actually you know stop working for a much longer time when my children were born take a lot of leave and be try and split the childcare uh, evenly with my partner now and it's been quite a liberation really well you know one of the things that I've often said is um, you know moving to the Pacific Northwest uh, I was able to see very visibly, you know, the role that uh, men play uh, out here in caring for, for children. Now, it's not that I wasn't able to see it on, on the East Coast where I live, but, you know, Seattle is, you, you know, the kind of place where it's, it's, a, it's a, a little big city. And so, you know, you don't, things don't get lost in translation here. Um, what do you think that shift has been about? What have we learned about ourselves in that respect, Roman? In what exactly what respect are you you referring to? Well, this this either a heightened awareness of the role that men could play ah. uh, mm-hmm. in in relationships, 
uh, has it always been there or has something shifted in the world to enable it to come to the forefront? Yeah, it's fascinating that. I think, yeah. obviously, the way that you know more and more women have moved into the workplace, around 70% of women now work, that's a massive change, of course, has been part of the shift here. But I think something else that's happened which is really interesting historically, which is yeah. over the last century, men and me- men have become more and more emotionally aware and sensitive and adept. I think that's partly through to the influence of Freud and Oprah and many others who <laughs> made men sort of become uh, a bit more self-reflective and show, have a willingness to make themselves vulnerable, to share their emotions. And that's changed and shifted the quality of relationships in many places. Of course, there's still a long way to go. And I think in a way, this is part of the history of love that historically, you know, so one of the ways we tend to think about love today is falling head over heels in love, finding the perfect romantic partner, a unique soulmate who can satisfy all of our loving needs. And if you look back through history, say to the ancient Greeks, they actually had six different kinds of love. They recognized there were many kinds of love to tap into. There was uh, what they called eros, which was sexual passion. Then there was also the deep love that they called philia, the love of friends, the opposite of our those superficial Facebook relationships we often have today, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, these were relationships where you'd sacrifice for someone and show courage on their behalf. And they had another kind of love, which was a healthy kind of self-love called philautia. And then there was the love of strangers, agape. Then there was this love pragma, which was mature love to make a relationship work through time. And that's, I think, what men have started to get a little bit better at. And the final, the sixth Greek love was what was called ludus or playful love. And I think now people are starting to see what we need to tap into all of these kinds of love if we want to have a full love life. Trying to find them all in one person is raising our expectations impossibly high, often with tragic ends and you know short-term relationships. Um, I think we could learn a lot from the Greeks about how to, to think about love. And, and, and then some, and think about how to celebrate love uh, in that respect as well. Um, do you think we have gotten to this place where uh, we have kind of lost sight of our ability to really, really, really connect because of, you know, the digital world we live in? Or, or Roman, are we redefining connection to match the times we live in? Yeah, that's a fascinating question. I think it's a really double-edged sword here. Yeah. On the one hand, you would think that in a world where 2.7 billion people are on the internet, this would be an amazing age for new kinds of connection, connection across barriers of uh, gender and age and culture and class and nation. But the reality, it doesn't quite look like that. On one level, there is. If you look at the Arab Spring and the Occupy movement, Digital technologies and social networking, Twitter and Wifrog and other things were used to spread powerful emotions like empathy and anger. Like you could, someone could take a photograph of a, a young woman called Nada being shot on the streets of Tehran yeah. by security forces. And within hours, millions of people knew who she was and were on the streets protesting about it. On the other hand, I think a lot of social networking platforms have been designed for the efficient exchange of information, not the exchange of intimacy. It's quite difficult to talk about your most important feelings, what you care about in life in 140 characters. Um, 
I think that potentially digital technology has can do a lot for us. But if we're spending seven hours and 38 minutes a day wired in, which is the average time that American teenagers are online and connected to digital networks, I think we have to work harder to improve the quality of the connections rather than the quantity. And I think at the moment, people are pursuing quantity rather than quality, and we've got to do something about that. Yes, exactly. We are now in the age where size does matter in a lot of ways. I wanted to ask you about uh, creativity because uh, you mentioned this in the book. And, you know, I was really struck uh, by how creativity it shows up in our lives on a daily basis and how we actually deny the idea that we are creative on a regular basis. Um, Over and over again, Roman, we have heard people say, I'm reinventing myself. I'm reinventing my my life. I'm going against the grain. How important is creativity in becoming the architects of our own lives? Yeah, that's a fascinating question. I think a lot of people, when they think of creativity, a lot of people think, I'm not a creative person. They have moments like I do did when I was a child, when I was kicked out of the school choir when I was seven, because I was the only person who couldn't sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star in tune. And that that kind of traumatized me for life. And since then, I think I cannot sing. Um, And so I think a lot of people are on a journey, sort of realize that recovering creativity can bring something to their lives. But I think we need to think of creativity not just in that sense of creativity in the arts, but being creative and experimental with our own lives. So many of us, um, and I talk about myself here too, are caught in social norms and culture where we are following, uh, we're following the crowd. We're watching on average four hours of television a day, for example. We are doing jobs that don't make us happy. We're spending our leisure time in shopping malls. Um, but if you look through history, I think some of the most extraordinary people were experimenters. They broke the norms. They were creative with the way that they lived. If you think of Back in the 18th century, there was the radical feminist uh, writer and thinker Mary Wollstonecraft, an English woman who broke all the rules. She had affairs uh, at a time when nobody did. Uh, well, well, they they weren't very public about it anyway. She became a writer at a time when almost no women did so. She went to France during the French Revolution. Um, she was a real breaker of rules. I think people like Henry David Thoreau were like that as well when he went to live in in Walden Pond for a couple of years. I mean, he was trying to break the norms of industrial society and do something different. And I think we all need to think about, okay, which rule am I going to break this week, this month, or this year? I love that. We're going to take a short break on that note. And, you know, what I love about this is, uh, you know, for people listening to the show, we get to define what that is. Um, if, if your life is comfortable, uh, at least for me, it's been a sign I'm not really moving ahead, not really moving forward. When we come back, we're going to talk with Roman about what it is that each of us can learn, can do, and can embrace as we say yes to the glory and the purpose of our lives. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the show.
Tune in each Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio to Limelight Radio with Katina Macris. This is an inspirational, cutting-edge radio show educating worldwide listeners on a diversity of Lyme disease-related topics. Each week, Katina will interview some of the world's leaders in health, wellness, spirituality, and human potential. For more information, visit LimeLightRadio.com. What's getting your attention as physical pain or illness? Have doctors been unable to help? Consider an intuitive healing session with Christy Borst. Amazing things happen every day, sometimes with jolting awareness, and sometimes with subtle shifts aided with Christy's divine healing gift. Release that which no longer serves you. For more information and to contact Christy, visit HealingResonance.us. That's HealingResonance.us. Chris Stainis is a spiritual leader and healer and teaches a course on how you can transform your life through a meditation and healing system that will manifest your spirit's dreams. She manifested the Women of Wisdom Conference, the Women of Wisdom book, and this radio show. And she can show you how to change your life, too. Are you ready? Visit the website and contact her at VoicesOfWomenToday.com. That's VoicesOfWomenToday.com. Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself, but you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. Talk Radio. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit thetruthisfunny.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, please call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. For more information about us, go to the drpatshow.com or transformationtalkradio.com. Um, I am so thrilled, Roman, to have you join us here today. Uh, we're talking about how should we live, great ideas from the past for everyday life. But certainly, um, if you take a look and you go to Roman's website, you're going to be able to find lots more. Or if you just go to the drpatshow.com and just click on his name, it'll take you right there. Um, Roman, what I wanted to ask you about in these last couple of minutes for the show, um, I have had more 
uh, folks call in over the past couple of years, uh, certainly in a lot of pain from whatever has come their way these past five or six years. And uh, the question that does come up most often is, you know, what am I here to do? You know, I'm looking for my purpose. You know, what is my purpose? How do I find my purpose? Um, and I'm really struck by that, especially in the context when we ask the question, how should we live? I'm sure you've had people ask you about that. Uh, I wanted to talk with you about that and see what you might share with folks today. Yeah, there's a German philosopher uh, from the 19th century, Nietzsche, who said something mm. very interesting about purpose. He said that he who has a why to live for can bear with almost any how. Mm-hmm. What he meant by that is that if you do have a purpose, something larger than yourself that is driving your life, you can deal, it makes it easier to deal with the ups and downs, the pains and sorrows of everyday life because there's something larger that is motivating you. I think the problem is that a lot of people think that their purpose or what might be called a vocation or calling will come to them in a moment of blinding kind of miraculous epiphany. Suddenly, people will know what they're supposed to do with their life. They should write a Chinese cookbook or open an otter sanctuary or whatever it is. And I've spent a lot of time researching and thinking about how people find their vocations and their purpose in life. And what I concluded from looking at all the evidence from psychology and history and everything is this, that most people do not find their purpose by it suddenly coming to them miraculously uh, in a flash of inspiration. They come to it through experimenting in life and through taking risks. And that may not be a message a lot of people want to hear, but I think that's the truth of it. If you think of someone like the the painter Vincent van Gogh, um, Vincent van Gogh did not start his life as a painter and have that vision from the age of seven or anything like that. He experimented. He started off as an art dealer. He was then an elementary school teacher in a small town in England. He was an evangelical preacher in the Belgian coal mines. He was a book dealer and many other things until he came upon painting and drawing uh, later in his life, actually in his late 20s. And, you know, his what it showed me was that a vocation is something not that you find. It's something that you grow. You grow by being experimental. And I think that's one of the great lessons of history that we can't sit still if we're going to try and find the the path to happiness. And you know this is really kind of part of of kind of how we started talking about this today. Um, and you know sharing the story that you shared about beginning this in your kitchen. Um, I think we've gone through periods of time where we have separated action in the world from being in the world as if they were kind of two different things um, that go in two different directions. And um, right now, uh, you know, folks are wondering, what is the next step? How do I take that action? What would get me off the couch? What would help me break and bend the rules today? And that leads me to a conversation about courage. Um, You know, many of the people that you reference in the book, I'm really struck by the fact they are a lot of things, but courageous is one of them. Your conversation about Helen Keller just brought to the forefront. I wanted you to talk a little bit about courage and the role that it plays in how we live our lives. Yes, a lot of people will tell you, of course, you just need to be courageous to change yeah. your life, right? You know, that's all yeah. you've got to pluck up your courage. Well, how are you supposed to do that? Um, 
And when I teach classes, for example, on career change, just to take that one area, there's a lot of people, they're fearful of change, of course, because you think, okay, if I'm going to change career and find something more that I love, everyone says, find a job you love, you never have to work another day in your life. Well, the reality is you have to make your mortgage payments, you have to buy school shoes for your kids. What do you do? And I think that a lot of people think, well, I have to radically change my life. I have to give up my old career and dramatically on Monday morning announce to my boss that I'm leaving and, and walk out the door. <laughs> um, but in fact, I think one thing you can do is conduct what I think of as temporary assignments. So when you think about career change, you don't have to give up your whole job. What you can do is hold on to your existing job that might be making you miserable and start doing your experiments on the weekend, whether it's teaching at a yoga retreat on a Saturday or a Sunday or on Thursday nights doing a bit of freelance web design. And you take these small steps and gradually those small steps eventually give you the courage to make the larger step of maybe starting out on a new career. The psychologists tell us that human beings hate losing twice as much as they like winning. In other <laughs> words, we tend to exaggerate everything that will go wrong, whether it's in a relationship or at the casino table or when it comes to career change. And if you think if we just recognize that things probably aren't going to be as bad as we think they're going to be, take those small steps that'll be the path to taking the bigger steps that actually really do radically transform your life. I love this. I, you know, it's so, it's so interesting, you know, to be able to have this conversation with you. Uh, I too couldn't sing a lick and I was with two <laughs> sisters that could sing beautifully. So we would be, my, or my parents would ask us to perform. And my role was to learn how to lip sync really, really yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Roman, I can't thank you enough for today's show. And I wanted to ask you one last question. I mean, there's so many things that folks that uh, you can find out, especially if you go to empathylibrary.com. I-, I wanted to ask you your personal message. I mean, there's so much that you have said yes to in the world for yourself and for others. And I'd like to, to ask you, what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? And thank you so much. Well, thank you. And I think the, per- the, the final message really is this, that what I've learned is the great sh- the struggles of life and how to live come down to this, which is trying to close the gap between your beliefs and your actions. We all have values that we care about, beliefs uh, that are central to us. And what we need to do is try and bring those into reality, not just dream about them, not just think about them, but actually have the courage to close that gap and I think that is the way to leading a more authentic life, a life that makes you think that you can really live deep and suck all the marrow from it. I love it. Roman, thank you so much for today. What a great show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pat, for having me on. Oh, my goodness. Lots to hear. Uh, If you've missed any part of this, it'll replay again tonight. Go ahead and take a listen. Also, How Should We Live? This book is loaded with information to inspire insights that will change your thinking as well as the next steps you take. Thank you for tuning us in, turning us on. We'll see you next time on The Dr. Pat Show. Thank you for joining us today for The Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. 
The Dr. Pat Show can be heard live every Thursday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. on KKNW AM 1150. So join Dr. Pat live or listen 24-7 at www.thedrpatshow.com. Come alive and shine with the Alive and Shine radio show with Adil and Savitri. Widen your perspective, learn to heal yourself, and clarify your power of choice so that you feel truly alive and shine. The Alive and Shine radio show is your how-to guide for creating a life in which your dreams come true. Listen live each Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW or at AliveAndShineShow.com. Are you ready to move past limiting beliefs and unconscious obstacles that are holding you back from financial prosperity? Do you want to be free from debt and that feeling of being disempowered? Mary Jane Allen is a financial healer and joy creation specialist who uses her unique set of tools included in her financial healing process to help her clients move past those beliefs and fears. For more information and to contact Mary Jane, visit her website, manifestyourlifedream.com and begin your financial healing process today. Feel like you just can't find your happiness? Want to move past old hurts or traumas? Not feeling comfortable in your body? Consider an intuitive healing session with Christy Borst. Christy has a divine healing gift, and her process will help you experience a perspective reboot. Release that which no longer serves you. For more information and to contact Christy, visit HealingResonance.us. That's HealingResonance.us. Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself, but you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. Where do you desire to go in life? How do you plan to get there? Are you only looking outside yourself for the answers? What if you use your soul's wisdom to lead the way? So what is the soul and how do you access its wisdom? Soul Suitcase with Victoria Cohen will unpack these questions and help you tap into and trust your own inner voice to solve everyday problems. Your Soul Suitcase is a treasure chest of wisdom inside you waiting to be discovered. Listen to Soul Suitcase on TransformationTalkRadio.com and discover how awakening to your inner voice transforms your life. Tap into your I am energy to discover who you truly are and who you always have been. Dawn Smith offers a simple yet profound and life-changing way to discover your I am energy that is hidden beneath the toxicity caused by choices we made consciously or unconsciously prior to today. This internal perfection is not an idea, a theory, or some vague notion or concept. On the contrary, it is beyond the grasp of the brain and its intellectual interpretations as it lies deep within the language of our hearts. Visit imenergy.ca. Psychic World, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern with John G. Sutton, featuring his special guest, Countess Torella. 
one of Britain's most respected psychic mediums, John is an internationally published author, poet, and professional clairvoyant. His best-selling books include Psychic Pets, featured with John on the Walt Disney Channel, Animal Planet. Currently, John is the feature editor of the monthly Psychic World, which is the UK's journal of spiritualism. He has over 30 years of experience working in the field of paranormal studies. Countess Torella has an incredible ability to visualize your future in a positive, passionate way. This show offers all listeners the chance to call in and speak directly to John or the amazing Countess Torella. You can ask your personal questions about love, career, money, relationships, or whatever is troubling you in this often difficult life. What dreams may come? Join John G. Sutton and Countess Torella to discover your answer. See www.psychicworld.net.